It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Craig, you ever recall? Started off with, yeah. you, do you want to start basketball or baseball? Uh, we'll do basketball, but just real quick. We'll yep. just keep it to baseball in the area on the high school front. Do you remember Brent Cleveland, former Westwood great at Brent sure. Cleveland? Did Brent, did he make the major leagues? Yes. Get a cup of coffee? With the Tigers. Okay. So I guess would he and Kelly Johnson maybe be the two Westwood products that played in the big leagues? I think you're right. There might be more, right but that. Westwood people, if yeah. I'm wrong on that, I apologize, but. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, so let's do basketball. In case you missed it earlier, Max Asmus has signed his athletic scholarship agreement. Now, this is different than a national letter of intent where the national letter of intent binds you to the school. This is the paperwork you signed that just binds the school to you. So just kind of make sure, making sure you're saving your spot. So Caden Shedrick got his process the other day. Uh, Max Asmus's was processed today and announced by the school. And – Soon to be signed by the Longhorns with the two commitments yesterday. So based on a lot of research, Craig, and legwork, here's the correct pronunciations. It's Kendall, yes. we- Kendall Weaver, the guard. From- Kendall spelled with a C-H, but yes. it's not pronounced Chendall. He pronounces it. He pronounces it Kendall. And, it's, and, and on yeah. multiple game broadcasts I found, <clears throat> it is pronounced Kendall. Uh, the guard from UTA, nine and a half points a game, a little over four and a half rebounds, two assists per game, whack freshman of the year. And I've got some numbers, Craig, if you want to get into just kind of some of his season highlights. Uh, same thing with Zarek Onyema, the 6'8 forward from UTEP, uh, was recruited by Rodney Terry to that UTEP program, really kind of broke out this year, was used sparingly his first couple of years and had a, uh, a really nice season for the minors this year. Again, I, I really like him for that role Christian Bishop was in last year as a rim protector, rim runner, who can do a little bit more, be your energy spark plug guy off the bench. Two years for uh, for Zarek and Yemma to play uh, at Texas, so can fit into maybe that reserve role. Then you know for the following season when you know Brock Cunningham and Dylan DeSue are going to be gone, and we'll see what Caden Shedrick does. Got a long way to go till he has to make that decision, uh, but could really be a nice front court piece that you can count on for the just that would be the 24-25 season so two really good players uh from the state of texas from that that mid-major level uh but zarek and yemma was seven a little over seven points and four almost four and a half rebounds per game for utep craig we got a good look at him uh early uh early in the season actually Mm -hmm. in the season opener when utep came uh to austin he had 10 points in that game in 22 minutes so uh I don't know if you want some some rundown of, of what some of these guys did during the season, Craig. Some highlights to stand out. You, you want sure. to run down some of that stuff? All right. Well, yes. we'll start. We'll start with Kendall Weaver. Uh, and the thing I like about him most, other than just the raw numbers, forty point two percent from the three point line uh, this past season. Uh, also seventy percent from the foul line. The other thing that really stood out to me: you look at his numbers in WAC play. Eighteen conference games they play in the WAC. Uh, 10.6 points, 4.4 rebounds, 3.2 assists, and Craig, he shot 45% from the three-point line in conference play. So it's a pretty good sample size to say this kid can't shoot the ball and can do it. I mean, we know, look, you want to talk about competition in the WAC, that's the same league Jabari Rice played in. I'm not saying Kendall Weaver's going to be Jabari Rice, but the competition in the WAC can give you a pretty good barometer of how a guy is going to fare. Uh, had a season-high 21 in a home win over Sam Houston on February 4th. 
Uh, also uh, had 19 points uh, the following game in a, a loss to uh, a home loss to Tarleton State. Uh, on a February 18th road win over Stephen F. Austin, flirted with the triple-double, 17 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists, finished the season with uh, 9 points, 8 boards, and 4 assists in 38 turnover-free minutes in a loss to Grand Canyon, a really good Grand Canyon team uh, in the, uh, I believe that was the quarterfinals of the WAC tournament. So with Max Asmus, Kendall Weaver, if you get Tyrese Hunter back, that's a pretty good three-guard lineup you can go with. And, but I th- do think Rodney Terry and company, they're going to look for uh, at least one more guard so they can feel good about where they stand. Zarek Onyema Craig double digits and points his first five games of the season. Uh, had an, an 11 and 11 double-double. Well, that's a mouthful to say. 11, an 11-point, 11 11-rebound 11 double-double uh, against Alcorn State. Went didn't ha- after that though didn't score in double figures again until January 28th. But he had 11 and six in a road loss to North Texas. We all know how good Grant McCaslin's team was. They won the NIT, and then he had another run of five games reaching double figures and scoring. That included a season high 19 in a February 23rd road win over uh, FIU, and then maybe his best game of the season was an 11 point 11 rebound double double in a road loss to FAU, and we all know that FAU team went on to uh, to participate in the Final Four. So these are guys that have, on a smaller scale, done it, but uh, I think the roles that they're going to be, that they were recruited for to fill in this year, they can fill adequately, and obviously with Weaver, who's got three years left, you're hoping that they can take on those roles this year, and then in the coming years, uh, really blow it up and be, as soon as that 24-25 season, be bigger parts of this thing for Rodney Terry, getting two pieces that you can count on. And that's that's one thing, Craig, I've heard has kind of been the goal for them in the portal. Get guys, you know, a guy like Max Asmus, you take him no matter what. He's that good. Uh, but the, right. some of the other guys you take, get multiple-year guys. That way you can take what's already been developed, develop it the way you want to, and then now you've got some really good pieces to build on for the future. No doubt. Um Okay, uh, on the baseball, Texas uh, uh, does have – oh, first of all, softball. It, tonight at McCombs Field is uh, senior night. It's the final home game of the regular season for Texas softball. They'll host Baylor. This is the split series like baseball used to do. Softball does a split series with Baylor. So they play tonight and uh, and in, in Austin, and then uh, tomorrow evening at 6 and Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock in Waco at Getterman Stadium – the uh, barring any sort of crazy, unbelievable collapse. Plus, I think uh, it would have to be uh, Oklahoma State taking two of three from number one Oklahoma. It would take all of that kind of stuff for Texas not to finish second. So the Longhorns are going to finish in second place in the Big Twelve, which is going to be their highest finish uh, in the regular season in the Big Twelve, I believe. Uh, I heard Andrew Haynes say this the other night in their win over Sam Houston since 2015 in in the regular season standings. So uh, they'll be the two seed in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. The uh, And Texas baseball here in Lawrence, Kansas, sun has come out. It's getting pretty bright and pretty warm, and that's what we were told it was going to be. So um, it should not be a rain issue this weekend against KU. They get ready to take on a Kansas team, and um, we're into, into May now, and – uh, you know, Kansas, as we pointed out, has struggled. But then again, Oklahoma was struggling when they went in Austin and swept Texas. So you can imagine David Pierce's response when he was asked about, you know, are you any concerns at all about your team coming off the good series against TCU not being as dialed in for this series on the road against Kansas? 
No, we're in May. I mean, it's playoff baseball right now. So everything means a little bit more. I mean, it's not that it hadn't meant a lot, but, you know, the implications are out there. We need to go play well. And if you don't play well in our league, you're going to get beat. So putting all three phases together, being consistent, finding reliability, that's that's the key for us going into this series. And uh, in the, uh, the other comment that he had uh, – uh, out of the media availability uh, yesterday was uh, he was asked about Tanner Witt. Uh, Tanner, you know, went two-thirds of an inning in his return to the mound, first time back on the mound uh, since last year, had the Tommy John surgery, and went two-thirds of an inning and uh, took the loss, uh, gave up three runs, and then were the, the hits and the walks and the hit batter, those kinds of things. And uh, and he's going to get the start on Sunday. They're going to continue to ramp him up along. So uh, he'll start up here on Sunday. There's the hope that he can certainly finish one inning, maybe do two, depending on how the pitch count is, and a slow ramp up that by the time they get to uh, Arlington and certainly by the time they would get to NCAA, he might be able to give them close to a full complement of innings and pitches for a full start. But they have to start by ramping him up. So the question uh, for Coach Pierce was, you know, what did you uh, say to him when you went out to the mound to have to get him? Here was his first game back, and he's out there for 23 pitches and two-thirds of an inning. And Pierce said it was less about what Tanner Witt said and more about what his teammates in the infield said when uh, Coach Pierce went out to take the ball from him and make a pitching change. I thought it was pretty funny because when I went out, a couple of the infielders said, man, Tanner, that was awesome. And I'm like, whoa, time out. I don't think it was awesome, but it was great to have him back. Um, and just, you know, he sped up a little bit and he hadn't picked up a ball and thrown in competition in 14, 15 months. So no matter how experienced you think they are or how mature you think they are, uh, they go through this. And so... It's good to have that one past us, and hopefully it'll be a lot different this coming Sunday. Yeah. So, <laughs> Tanner, that was awesome. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wasn't awesome. <laughs> okay. Hey, just, but, just, uh, <laughs> just giving your guy a little, little juice, a little confidence. <laughs> so, it's good to have him back on the mound, and he will, again, uh, be on the mound Sunday. And uh, LBJ, LeBaron Johnson, is going to get the start on Saturday, uh, coming off that outstanding uh, it, Six and a third, I guess it was, innings of relief, a, a career long for him in uh, getting the win last Saturday in Fort Worth. He's 4-2 and two with a two seven zero ERA. So he'll be making his eighth start of the season. So it's Lucas Gordon tonight, LeBaron Johnson tomorrow, and Tanner Witt uh, on Sunday for Texas. And an important series, as we pointed out, for the Longhorns uh, against this Kansas Jayhawk team. Their final road series of the season will be the last road games that they play before heading up to Arlington for the, for the Big 12 Conference Tournament. So there it is with that, with your uh, Longhorn Notebook.